Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. Grab your Bibles if you would tonight. Let's go to 2 Corinthians and you think I'm going to say three because we've been there the last few weeks. Because we've been going from glory to glory to glory to glory. <laughs> We're forever changed. Would you go to chapter 13 tonight? What a special presence of the Lord. What a sweetness of Jesus in here. I pray you sense his presence. I pray it's very tangible, very real to you as it is to, I believe, most of us here. Last couple of weeks, we've been exploring friendship with God. A lot of different aspects of the ministry of the Holy Spirit transforming our lives. I want to bring your attention to this closing prayer of 2 Corinthians, which is such a mighty book, these letters to a church that was really in peril that Paul had birthed. He had fathered these churches, and these churches were in some major conflict, as most churches are. Any real church that's actually doing anything uh, comes into some serious conflict. And so he was writing them as a spiritual father. And helping them navigate through some troubled waters and keeping the focus and the main thing, the main thing. And at the end of this book, he prays this really awesome prayer tonight that I believe we're just going to launch from here. And in verse 14, he prays this prayer. He finishes out and he says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. One more time. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, or the love of, excuse me, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Lord, as we begin to launch into this word tonight, I thank you already. You have set the tone and the beauty of this meeting. May I just begin to move in those winds of the Spirit. And may we receive beautifully and tangibly what you're wanting to release now. I thank you for the ministry of the Spirit. I thank you for the ministry of your holy angels in this place tonight. Lord, I ask you to move in our children's church tonight, in our, amongst our toddlers, amongst our kids. Let them be fascinated, fascinated, captivated by Jesus tonight. Move sweetly here in the family room. Amen. I want to talk to you tonight about the communion of the Holy Spirit. The communion of the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about living a life that is the most experiential, adventurous life with the Holy Spirit. I want to say tonight, I believe this is vitally important for the foundations of everything that we're talking about. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is God. As much as Jesus is the Son of God, as much as the Father is God, as much as Jesus is Lord and is God, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, according to Scripture. He is at the right hand of the Father. The Bible teaches us that he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints of God. But he said it was imperative, he told his apostles and those that followed him, he said it was imperative that he would go to the Father so that he could release the helper unto us, that he could release the gift of the Holy Spirit that was yet to come. Then we know as, the Holy, as they were in an upper room in the city of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost, the, the scripture unfolds this to us at the very opening gate of Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, they were in an upper room and they were praying and they were waiting because Jesus had told them, make sure that you do not leave the city, but wait and tarry until the Holy Spirit comes upon you, for you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit, that's Acts 1-8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. They didn't know really what they were waiting for or looking for. They, they didn't know what the Holy Spirit 
uh, was going to look like. It could have, I, before the service started, we had a Domino's pizza man show up and park in the front. And I was like, well, that, that's interesting. And somebody ordered some pizzas here. So they didn't bring me a slice. I don't understand. But, 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 but a Domino's pizza man could have showed up at that, at that upper room and just knocked on the door. And, and they, you know, they would open the door. And he said, I'm the Holy Spirit. And they said, well, we've been waiting on you for, for 10 days. We've been in this room. And um, they, they didn't know what to expect. But the Bible tells us that in the midst of this lingering and this waiting on the Holy Spirit to be given, the sound from heaven rushed and began to fill Jerusalem and began to sweep through the city of Jerusalem and landed and hit, or I'm going to use these words, it crashed in tonight. The wind of God crashed into that upper room and began to swirl upon them and cloven, according to Scripture and according to what we know, cloven tongues of fire began to rest on them, and they began to speak with heavenly tongues, every single one of them. Mary was in the upper room. Who is Mary? She's the mother of Jesus. I always love to tell Catholics that, that Mary was in that room, and fire came on her, and she was caught up in the wind of God, and she was baptized in the Holy Ghost, and she began to pray and speak in tongues. Come on, all you Catholics, say amen. <laughs> this is a quiet Lutheran church tonight. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but in the experiential life with the Holy Spirit, it's where it begins. You need to be filled. You need to be filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need that infilling of the Holy Ghost. In 2019, you need to be baptized afresh with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And those of you that are visiting tonight, you need to know that in this community that you're amongst, this is a Spirit-filled community where we've not only asked Christ into our lives, not only been baptized in water, but have been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I'm telling you, it is the gateway, it is the doorway it through into the place of the supernatural where the gifts of the Holy Spirit begin to flow and operate in your life. And it begins by a baptism. And John the Baptist carried, he carried this prophecy this one prophecy, he said, there's one coming after me that is mightier than I. He will not baptize you with water as I do, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That was his prophecy that, that he carried. He will come and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. You remember when Jesus went down into the Jordan River to be baptized by John, in the Jordan, he said, I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. What was John looking for? He was ready for it to, to let's go. I've been prophesying this the whole time. I've been waiting for you because you're the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me? So this is where it all begins. And, and tonight I'm going to be telling you about how amazing the Holy Spirit really is. Isn't he amazing? Isn't he awesome? It's, a, it's an experiential, adventurous life with the Holy Spirit. And we learn to love Him. We learn to trust the Holy Spirit. We learn to obey the Holy Spirit, to listen for His voice, to be moved by the winds of the Spirit of God, that we would just open the sails of our life and our heart. We can be moved in the winds of God. The Scriptures tell us clearly that those that are born of the Spirit, they are like the wind. You don't know from where they're coming or where they're going. That means the winds of God can take you and move you exponentially where you never dreamed was even possible if you would just fully open your life life to trusting the Holy Spirit and say, God, do whatever you wish to do in my life. Whatever the Father's dream is over my life, let the winds of your Spirit blow into them. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll become whoever you desire for me to become. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say whatever you want me to say. You just open your heart and your spirit. Come on, are you, are you with me tonight? You open your heart and your spirit to the working of the Holy Ghost to begin to move in your life. 
It's an absolute blast. The Holy Spirit also makes us aware truly of a spiritual realm. We've already talked for just a moment as I jumped into worship with our team about this wild scenario of a prophet named Elisha, and he had this understudy, Gehazi, and the story is, is that they were surrounded by an enemy army. They had come to capture Elisha, and, and so he sends, out, he sends out his servant, Gehazi, and he's, he's like, oh, man, this is a bad day. And he's like, no, 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 it's not. Go out and look again. Well, what happened was is his eyes were open to the unseen reality. And so often Christians are so absorbed or stuck in a gear of virtual reality. The Holy Spirit wants you to begin to see unseen dimensions and unseen realities so that you are not trapped by just what your eyes see. Because what your eyes see can deceive you. What your natural eyes and what your natural ears hear, that's why we are in such a war of propaganda, even now in this very nation of what is being told us, we have to have spiritual eyes to see. We've got to have spiritual ears to hear. And Jesus would say this all the time. He would say, if you have ears to hear, then hear. And if you have eyes to see, then see. The Holy Spirit He opens us up to the spirit realm to see how God is moving. Are you with me tonight? In Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, it says that those that are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons and daughters of God. I love that. Those that are led by, I want to use this word tonight instead of led, directed daily. Those that are directed daily. By the Spirit of God, they are the true sons and daughters of God. You never know what the Holy Spirit might show you. I remember my first encounter with the Holy Spirit. I was six years of age when the Holy Spirit filled my father's bedroom. There was a presence that suddenly just filled up the room and came upon me, and I began to speak by the Spirit of God. I remember the Spirit of God moving in our family when I was a very young boy. I remember seeing the Holy Spirit's power come upon my mom and dad as they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they, at that time in their life, they were so vexed and so tormented by addictions and problematic things in their life. But the sweetness and the beauty of the Holy Spirit came into their life and delivered them from addictions and drugs and problematic generational malfunctions. And Because you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And there is more. There is more of His power. We are yet to experience and demonstrate. Are you with me tonight? The Holy Spirit has the power to bring true freedom, deliverance power. We've been reading this these last two weeks in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Paul reads, writes, he writes and we read <laughs> in verse 17, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there's freedom. And we all with unveiled face, we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want you to understand tonight, and let's and maybe you understand, but let's get a better handle on it if we can. The Holy Spirit's ministry is to bring total freedom and liberty within our lives. That's His ministry. It, it is not your ministry to change yourself. And I've said for many years, and I believe this, Christianity is not behavioral modifications. It is not you trying to change yourself. The work of the Holy Spirit is true, revelatory Christianity. He's the one that begins to transform you from the inside out. And you start looking back in your journey and going, my total affections changed. My vision changed in life. The things that I, the things that once tormented me and kept me confused and in shame and powerless have been ripped off of my life. And now I'm coming into a total metamorphosis and a new day. And and, and your life is becoming changed. 
radiant and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's where it happens. It's through the personal communion of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to get a hold of this powerful prayer tonight by the Apostle Paul. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you and the love of the Father and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Wow. Years ago, my my dad, my, my, my dad was seeking, he was seeking the Lord, and he had, <laughs> he had just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Lord spoke to him. He was outside at our home, and the Lord told him to go get a book that they had presented to my dad, and it was the Gospel of John. My dad could not read at that time in his life. He had dropped out of high school, began his job at Pabst Brewery, and it was a downward spiral, as you can imagine. But he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and, and the next day, the Holy Spirit was telling my dad, go get the book that they gave you. Go get, go get that book that they gave you. And, and in his natural mind, if he was here tonight, he would tell you, he was battling with that in his mind, thinking, well, that's got to be the enemy mocking me, uh, telling me to go get that book. Well, it was actually... The Holy Spirit telling him to go get the book. He went out. He got the book. He came outside. He opened it up. And instantly, there it was. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And he began to read perfectly. The reason I want to bring this up to you tonight is because the voice of the Holy Spirit doesn't come to bring shame or a sense of worthlessness. The Holy Spirit's voice comes to empower you and strengthen you. Are you with me? Now, that's not all He does, but I'm trying to help somebody tonight. The Holy Spirit becomes our teacher. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come and He would teach us all things. In John chapter 14, in verse 26, He says, But the Helper, the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things, and He will bring into your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Notice, He is the Helper, and He is the Teacher. Notice that. The Holy Spirit is your Helper. He is your Teacher. You can, you can ask the Holy Spirit the most simplest of questions, and you can get results, and you can get answers. You can ask the Holy Spirit about anything. I remember one day I was feeling terribly sick, and I said, Holy Spirit, what is wrong with me? And suddenly he said, you're dehydrated. I mean, it wasn't some spiritual major attack. I mean, you know, there wasn't legions of demons, you know, chasing me. No, he, he said, you're dehydrated. I mean, I just heard the Lord in my spirit. Immediately, you can ask the Holy Spirit. He will help you. He will teach you. He will open doors for you. He will show you favor. He will show you the Father's loving kindness. Are you with me tonight? So he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. And may the love of God be upon you. And may the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. I want to take just a couple minutes on this tonight. This word communion, and if you'd write it down tonight, communion, the communion of the Holy Spirit. It's the word koinonia. It's a Greek word, koinonia, and it, it means these things. It means to have intimacy. It means to have partnership with, and it means to be responsible to. It's what it means. The word koinonia, it means to be intimate, intimate with or intimacy, to share in partnership and responsible Two. These are biblical pictures I want to give you tonight. I want to give you a biblical picture out of Galatians chapter 2 for just a moment. Galatians chapter 2. And I know that Aaron's helping us tonight with the, the media ministry, and I so appreciate this. But in Galatians chapter 2, Paul writes, and he says, and when James, uh, verse 9, and when James and Peter and John 
who seemed to be pillars, they perceived the grace that had been given to me. This is the Apostle Paul writing. They perceived the grace that had been given to me, and they gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship. And that word there, fellowship there, is the koinonia. And it means that the apostles, they were opening up and allowing Paul to enter into the inner sanctum of the the intimate fellowship and the circle of the apostles. Remember, you have to remember, Paul was not always Paul. He was Saul. Are you tracking with me? Saul was the one that was hunting down and killing Christians. But he went through a massive transformation where Jesus Christ literally appeared to him on the road to Damascus. And he was struck down and he went blind until God sent a man of God to him, shared with him through a vision, and the scales fell off of his eyes. So now you fast forward many years and now Paul is went through this transformational encounter with God has, has encountered Jesus, has become born again. Now he's with another apostle named Barnabas. And now they go into Jerusalem and he says, when Peter, James, and John, who seemed to be the pillars, they perceived the grace that had been given to me. They gave Barnabas and me the right hand of fellowship. It's the koinonia. It means to have intimate fellowship with. That's what it means. They perceived the grace that came upon Paul, that began to work in him, and they bonded to him. I I believe that every kingdom connection, every valuable kingdom connection in the church, in the body of Christ, has to come through perceiving properly the grace of God on each and every one of us. And if we do that, if we're able to perceive the goodness of God and the grace of God in another, God can bond our hearts together in communion, in fellowship. What is it? It's koinonia. You understand? I mean, there's such a diversity of people. Our lives are all different. There's no story the same. But what really bonds us together? It's the grace of the Lord Jesus that it transformed our worlds and our lives, and we became new men and new women. We came into a grace that transformed us. And when you perceive the grace upon each and every one, you're able to bond heart to heart, spirit to spirit. Psalm 133 says this, it says, Behold how beautiful and how lovely it is when brethren dwell together in unity. And that word unity means when two hearts are melted together by fire. That's powerful. Koinonia. So it's intimacy. It's a grace from the Lord. In Luke chapter 5, if you go there for just a moment, I want to give you another biblical picture of this, this communion, what we're talking about, communion. It means, he says, I want you to have the communion of the Spirit. What is that? It's intimacy. It's true friendship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. He will never lie to you. How many of you know that that's the best friend that you can have in your life? Someone who will never lie to you. Someone who will never steer you down the wrong path. He's called the Holy Spirit. Everybody wants a friend like that. Are you with me tonight? He'll never steer you wrong. There's this interesting story here. (laughs) That always makes me laugh. Luke chapter 5. I'm going to begin in in verse 5. Are you there? Are you there? Simon answered and he said to him, Master, we've, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. And so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Wow. 
Now, this is a very special strategic word for this church right here because almost a year ago, Kim Klein and Russ Klein were right here, and she said Luke 5 was so specific for this family because the day was going to come that the harvest was going to be so plentiful, we would have to call out to other partners to bring in the catch of God. Come on, let's rejoice in that again. Come on. Come on. I believe it. I believe it. What am I doing? I'm giving you a picture tonight, a biblical picture of what it means to have communion with the Holy Spirit. It means a divine partnership. And we find this word again within this text. So they signal to their partners. And you see koinonia there again. Koinonia. They were partners. What, what are partners? They are legitimate business partners working together at the same task or the same job for the same cause on one team. I want to say to you like this. The Holy Spirit plus you is a winning combo. The Holy Spirit plus you, notice I'm not even going to, you know, multiplication and, and you know. The Holy Spirit plus you is a winning combo. The Holy Spirit wants to be your partner. The Holy Spirit will bring you to key kingdom partnerships. The Holy Spirit wants to be your ultimate partner. He wants to be your ultimate partner. He will talk to you. He will direct you daily. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will favor you. He will favor you. Are you with me tonight? Third, the third picture I want to tell you about communion of the Holy Spirit. Go to Philippians chapter 4 for just a minute. Philippians 4. We're talking about Paul's prayer here for a moment. That the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God, the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit would be upon you all. Don't you miss that? Upon you all. I love that prayer, and you need to make it your prayer my wife and I pray this and believe this for this family, that every one of you are having intimate partnership and communion with the Holy Spirit. It was the Father's dream to give us the Holy Spirit, to live within us, to make us the very ark of His presence, to make us the very tabernacle, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit, so that we could be led by the Spirit of God. For those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the very sons and daughters of God. This is vitally important. If we get this, this will dismantle all the religious stuff that we've been trying to unlearn for a long time. Help us, Lord. Amen. Help us, Lord. Philippians chapter 4. I think I'm going to begin to read in verse 10. It said, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished. This is the Apostle Paul. It's flourished again. And though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity, not that I speak in regard to my need, for I have learned in whatever state that I am in to be content, and I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. You did communicate with my afflictions. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. Now, here it is. I want you to catch this because this is where we find the word koinonia again. Not only is it intimacy, not only is it us having a partnership with the Holy Spirit, but it becomes we are responsible to one another. 
And we see this dynamic that Paul, he's, he's, he's been traveling. Paul at this time has been traveling to lots of churches, and none of them were taking care of him financially like they should have. But the Philippian church took up a large offering for him in this season. Now, Paul, the scriptures tell us that in this season of his life, Paul is making tents by day and raising leaders by night. But we learned that the Philippian church took a large offering to encourage and strengthen and partner. That's part of the communion and take responsibility for Paul. And step into that place to say, I'm going to be responsible to bless, to undergird. Are you with me? That's the Holy Spirit's ministry to us. He's responsible for you and I. Are you with me? It's his ministry. He desires communion with all of us. He desires to intimately be known and to know you. He desires to partner with you and I daily to be led, to be directed daily by the Holy Spirit. And then to be responsible for you and for us to be responsible to Him. Notice it's a partnership. Are you seeing this tonight? So the Philippian church, they didn't just say, well, you know, hey, hey, brother, we'll pray for your ministry. We'll pray for your ministry. No, they stepped up and they said, no, we're going to be responsible. So he says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon you all. You could literally say the scripture like this. May the intimacy of the Holy Spirit be upon you all. You could say, may the partnership of the Holy Spirit be upon you all. May the responsibility of the Holy Spirit be upon you all. Are you getting this tonight? There is nothing more miserable than a Christian that is trying to live out the Christian life without joy and the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to have the Holy Spirit to live the victorious life that Jesus came to give us, that we would have life and that life more abundantly. Within the heart of every believer in this room is the desire to know God more meaningful, to know God deeper, more meaningful. The Holy Spirit is the guide. The Holy Spirit is the one who takes you into the depths of the heart of God. In Romans chapter 8, Paul begins to speak about the deep things of God that are hidden like treasure in the mind and the heart of God. And he says that the Holy Spirit is the one that, and here I'm going to give you this picture tonight. It says that he reveals the deep things of the Father's heart. It's like the Holy Spirit just goes deep sea diving and swimming into the mind and the heart of God. Uh, a famous theologian, his name is Karl Barth. He was a good friend with uh, Diedrich Bonhoeffer during the time of the Nazi regime. And for those of you that, that have studied anything, in, in, anything about Bonhoeffer, he was a powerful, non-compromising man of God. And his friend Karl Barth was a theologian that was teaching with Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And he said these words. He said that eternity will be like swimming in the mind of God forever. I love those words. But see, the Holy Spirit goes deep sea diving into the heart and the mind and the desires, the the dream world or the dream wheel of God. The Holy Spirit searches the dream will of God. He, he looks and seeks the very thoughts of the Father. So Paul writes in Romans 8, so that he can take what is pulsating in the heart of our Father and give you those things as a gift to direct your path. So that we enter into the works that God had prepared be, beforehand. That's Ephesians Chapter 2 and verse 10, it says that we are God's masterpiece. Think about that. We are God's workmanship. That word workmanship literally, literally means we are the masterpiece of God. We are God's workmanship, which God created, and He created things in advance. 
advance for us to walk in is what Paul is saying in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. There are dreams that God wants to deliver unto us so that those dreams become a reality. How it happens is through our intimacy with the Holy Spirit that we get in synchronization and in step and in pace or in flow or in the winds of the Spirit of God and we move into an acceleration. Once we hit the winds of the Spirit of God, you move into acceleration. You move into power. You're not moving in the natural. Now you're moving in the power and the winds of the supernatural. Now you're seeing from a whole new playing field. Are you with me tonight? See, Jesus knew. He's the pattern for life, folks. Jesus knew the intimacy and the partnership of the Holy Spirit. That's how he did ministry every day. The Holy Spirit was Jesus' true secret source of all power, all revelation, all strength. How to minister through the pressures of life. How to minister to people. How to have victory over the enemy. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Wow. I love this. I'd like you to go to Matthew 6 for just a moment. And we're turning a corner. Do you believe that we can have as much of God as we want? Do you? Do you believe that we can have as much of God as we want? If we desire Him. See, I don't believe the Lord wants us to live off just samplings of God. Samplings. You know what samplings are like? How many of you have ever been, glory to God, Baskin-Robbins? Glory. Did you just feel that anointing rip through this room? Baskin-Robbins. Let me just say it. Let it just wash over you again. For those of you that are fasting, not Baskin-Robbins. <laughs> you can go to Baskin-Robbins and you can get 31 samplings if you wish. Literally. They'll give you a little scoop or a little sampling of every. Every flavor you desire. Oh, yeah, you want to try that? Sure, here's another scoop. It's another sampling. What the Father, yes, it is. What the Father wants to do is he wants to bring us into the store. And when we look at all of those big drums and tubs, he says, all of that is yours. I just don't want to give you a sampling. That's yours. That's pretty deep. In the Greek, what this means, <laughs> and in the Aramaic and Hebrew, what that means. Okay, you're with me. So Matthew chapter 6, are you there? I love this. And I want to talk a mo for just a few moments about developing that intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because this is vital. This is about us changing and going from glory to glory. We've been declaring that we are changeable. We are changing. We are changeable and we are changing. And we are being conformed into the very image of Jesus by the Holy Ghost. Matthew 6, in verse 6, Jesus says this. He says, but you when, you, when you pray, go into your room or your closet, the King James Version says. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret, he will reward you openly. He will reward you openly. Now, what is Jesus, what is he really getting at literally? I mean, are, are we literally to go into our closet and, and ladies move all your shoes out of the way and guys move all your blue jeans out of the way, your, your old 501 denims? and <laughs> No, there's something, there's something deeper to this. This word. Into the closet it is the Greek word tamion. And this is what it means, the word tamion. It describes a secret place where you would go and hide your most treasured possessions or your most valuable possessions. What would you do with a room like that? I'll tell you what you'd do with a room like that is you'd watch over it, wouldn't you? You'd keep it secure. You'd keep it under lock and key, wouldn't you? You wouldn't leave that room open to just anybody trafficking through that room. Why? It's your highest prized possessions. It's your most valuable place. 
So let me take you over into the Greek land, and, and I really mean this. Tammy, on the Greek word in the New Testament, this is, this is what it means. It, it is the des- des- description of the bridal chamber or the master bedroom. Now stay in the spirit here. This is important. The bridal chamber or the master bedroom is the word tamion. It's the most sacred, secret space. The bedroom is the secret place, isn't it? And it's the most treasured place for a covenant between a man and a woman. A bedroom is not sacred space for a boyfriend and a girlfriend. That was pretty weak. The bedroom is not sacred space for a boyfriend and a girlfriend or for two girls or for two guys. It is sacred space between a covenant mystery love between a man and a woman that God blesses and honors. Are you with me tonight? Temion. This is what Jesus is talking about. And it's where a man and a woman share their most intimate desires with one another. It happens behind closed doors. I want you to get this picture why Jesus is giving us this picture. The intimacy of the Holy Spirit, of pulling away from everything and desiring that place of where we have sweet communion with the Holy Spirit. And then He begins to unfold His love envelop us in that love and begin to reveal and speak and unfold to us the Father's heart. It's in that secret space. It's the place that God blesses. It's the place that is holy unto the Lord. Jesus said, go into that place because the Father wants to meet you there in that secret place of communion and covenant. And if you'll do that, my Father who sees you in secret, he will bless you in the open and in the public. That's powerful. So Jesus uses this word to convey intimacy with the Holy Spirit. It's communion. I want you to write this down tonight, and I'm about to close. Communion is when the, the human spirit, communion is when the human spirit, your spirit, our spirit, and the divine spirit of God become one. And when they become one, there is love, and there is revelation, and there is understanding, and mystery is revealed or imparted into us. This should be actually happening daily. Daily. This is why we have to make it our priority to have quality time with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. The only God on this planet, ladies and gentlemen, is the Holy Ghost. Are you with me tonight? Yeah, thank you, Lord. I could go a lot farther, but we're not going to do that. We're gonna just, I'm just going to see what the Lord wants to do right now. Why don't you put your Bibles aside, and we're just going to transition here for a few minutes. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said when we would receive the Holy Spirit, that we would receive power. We would receive power. He said the Holy Spirit would be our helper. He would teach us all things. He would commune with us. He would lead us. He would guide us. He would never leave us. Jesus said, I'll not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he has freely given us the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I just want to magnify the beauty of the Holy Spirit that you have given to us. And that you are changing us and conforming us into your image so that we can go from glory unto glory. We are changing. 
We are changing. I pray, Lord, that our relationship with the Holy Ghost would be our highest priority every day of 2019. 2019, every day, our highest priority, quality time in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Worshiping in the Holy Spirit. Listening to be directed by the Holy Spirit. I also pray, Lord, for the igniting of the gifts of the Holy Spirit within every believer of this house. The gifts of the Spirit, the gifts of power, prophecy, faith, revelation, prophecy, prophecy. Mm. Would you stand to your feet tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Cody, you can come join me. Thank you, Lord. So I want to pray for the Holy Spirit. If you would just put your hand on your belly tonight. And why am I asking you to do this? Because in John chapter 7, Jesus said that out of your innermost being shall flow forth rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit would ignite in such a way, His presence and power would begin to pour out of you like a rushing river. So, Lord, I pray, I pray, Father, for the uncapping of that river of God to flow through and from every son and daughter of this house in the name of Jesus, I pray for the loosing of that anointing, the loosing of the river of God to flow in power this year. In Jesus' name, that prophecy would pour out of your spirit. That the word of faith would pour out of your spirit. That you would begin to see in the spirit. That God would begin to give you prophetic dreams, prophetic vision, prophetic direction. That you would move in miracles. You would move in healing. You would move in power. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. In Jesus' name. River. River. Hallelujah. River flow. River flow. Hallelujah. You know, Ezekiel saw a river that was clear as crystal coming from the throne of God, pouring, gushing out from the throne of God. When Daniel saw it, Daniel saw in chapter 7, he saw a river of fire burning and pouring out of the throne of God. I ask you tonight boldly, where is that throne? It's within you. You have been made the temple and the tabernacle of the presence of God. And that river is to usher out and pour forth from your life freely. Freely. The presence of God pour forth freely. In Jesus' name. Once you lift your voice tonight, let's lift our voice tonight in the Holy Spirit. Hiri <speaking in Spanish> 
glory, glory, glory. Yeah. Do this every day. Sing in the spirit like this every day. Every day, learn how to just sing and lift your voice in the spirit. Lord, I ask you tonight for a fresh baptism of the Holy Ghost, a fresh baptism of holy fire, a fresh baptism of holy fire upon this family in Jesus' name. A fresh baptism of holy fire. Lord, let your fire be released right now for healing in bodies tonight, right now. There are many in this room that need divine intervention. I pray now, Lord, you lose your fire and you burn out of them affliction and disease and sickness by the fire of your spirit in Jesus' name. Right now, be loosed. Healing wonders be released. Healing wonders be released by the Holy Spirit right now. In the name of Jesus, be healed. So, Lord, tonight, to you be all the glory, the blessing, and the honor. Thank you for a wonderful night in your presence. Thank you for this family. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, my wife and I pray, may the love of God envelop you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be upon you. May the love of the Father envelop you. And may the communion of the Holy Spirit be upon you all, be upon you all, in Jesus' name, amen and amen, amen. Praise the Lord. We love you, Victory. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfla.com.